And um, I was pretty happy because I had everything planned out. We have our baptismal service today, and we're going to do that at the end. And, and uh, I was all excited because I had all my message all set. It was a fun weekend that we had with the whole family was down. And the Lord asked me to share what I'm about to share with you this morning, so I quickly started writing down some notes. Because I believe that God's Word is timeless. That you can preach anything in the Bible at any time because it's God's Word. But I also believe that there are times when God needs, wants to speak to us, and that's a timely word. And so this morning, this is what I believe God was asking me to share. And I wrote down these things this morning, and I just want to share with you. So please... Bear with me as I get through this message because, you know, I may not be as eloquent as I usually am. <laughs> but so one time I said that, I said, I'm just going to preach off my heart. And they're like, I didn't notice a difference between your regular sermons. And I said, okay, thank you. But I want to preach my heart this morning because I believe that there are timely words. You know, it's easy for us as people to be afraid. It's easy for us as people to fear. Matter of fact, just this last Thursday... I went to bed, my wife and I, we went to bed, you know, because at a certain time, nature calls and you go to bed. And so I was tired, and I'm in bed, and all of a sudden, all my kids run into our room, Dad! Dad! There's someone at the door, and they're banging. My son's ready to strap on every weapon he can find. He's like, Dad, I can take him out. I said, hold on, son. I said, I grew up in the ghetto. Bad people don't knock. <laughs> so boom, 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 boom. And it happened to be our other son and his wife, which surprised us late at night. And, but it's easy to be afraid. It's easy to be afraid. But the thing is, God did not call us to be people of fear. God did not call us to be people afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. There is absolutely no reason for us as God's people to be afraid. And yet fear is such a real thing in our life. Fear is such a real thing that it's gripping. And sometimes it, it, it chokes us to the point where we just can't even grow in our spirit because it is so overwhelming, the fear. And at times we find ourselves in moments of fear. At times we find ourselves in moments where we just don't know if we can even look beyond the day because we are so afraid. As I have mentioned so many times, when, when I quit my job, and this was it. This was our only income. This is, this, it still is true today. This is our only income. And, and what, what God asked me to do to walk away from such a good-paying job that took care of my family and put us in a great financial position... And when God asked me to walk away, I was so afraid because that morning in offering, it was like $67. And I said, God, how am I supposed to provide for a family? I got seven people in my house, God. And how am I supposed to do that on $67? And that afternoon, I went home and I was so afraid. And I knew that the next day I was going to resign from my employment outside the church. And I was so afraid, and God came in that room, and he just told me those four words that are still on my wall today. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Pete. Don't be afraid, Pete. And instantly when he said that, it just filled my heart with peace. And I've been on this journey, and every time fear begins to creep in my life, I remind myself of what God says. Do not be afraid, Pete. Do not be afraid. 
But fear is a very real thing. Second Kings chapter 4. I want us to know that we do not have to be afraid of what we lack. We must understand that we must not be afraid of what we lack. Second Kings 4 verse 32 or 42. A man came from Belshazzar, bring the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men? His servants asked. But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat. For this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. They have set it before them and they are to eat. And they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. Here comes these guys. They said, look, we got the bread. But we got too many people. And Elisha says, give it to them. Give it to them. You know, Elisha didn't hesitate. Why? Because he realized that what he needed was from the Lord. And it was only from the Lord. It wasn't from the bread. It wasn't from people's resources. And even though they lacked the ability to feed the people there, Elisha says, give it to them. And they'll have some left over. Give it to them. And they'll have some left over. More than enough. I want you to know that you do not have to be afraid of what you lack. Because what you lack is nothing in comparison to the riches and the glories of Jesus Christ. He has given us everything. He has provided us everything. 2 Corinthians 9 tells us, And God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able. Not me, not your spouse, not your job, not the government. It is God and God alone who is able to provide God and God alone don't look to me you will find nothing but disappointment I used to carry that in my wallet in college up in the cities disappointment so they stole my wallet that's what they would find disappointment and then I had my real money tucked in my sock see I grew up in a bad neighborhood man you don't need anything except God because he is able God is able and when we get that in our spirit, we do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be afraid of what you lack because the one who provides, the one who has the ability to make it all happen is with you. You just have to remember that God is able. He is able to bless you abundantly. It's almost like God wants you to have a little leftovers. And that's what Elisha said. That not only are they going to eat, but they're going to have leftovers. God wants you to know that he will provide abundantly for you. But what does this world tell you? It's not going to happen. Mm -mm. Not under this economy. Not with the size of your church. Not with the job that you have. Not in the family that you have. Not with the history that you have. It's not going to happen. I want to tell you that God doesn't need your past. He doesn't need your family. He doesn't need your status. He doesn't need anything to make it happen. When we were going through these times of testing and, and we were in such need and we just needed a financial miracle when I walked away from my job. We were in such a financial miracle and I just said, God, I just need you. I got need you. I need you. And he said, everything you need is in your backpack. And I, you know, at this time, this is going on like eight years of just trying and waiting for God to move. And nothing happened right. It was like every day got worse and worse and worse. Things just start falling right in front of me. It's horrible. Duct tape. We need duct tape. Things were just getting worse and worse and worse. 
And God just whispered to me, everything you need is in your backpack. So I started looking in my backpack thinking I forgot to cast that check. I, I started looking thinking that there was some money in there, and I was just desperate. And I'm in my office, and when I'm in my prayer time, I lock my door because some crazy things happen in there because I'm desperate. I said, God, where is it? I'm shaking that thing up, shaking nothing. And finally, I just sat there, and I started getting mad because it's like, God, why would you tell me these things? Why would you tell me that everything I need is in my backpack, and there is absolutely nothing in there? And then he whispered again, everything you need is in your backpack. And I started to dig into the corners of my fingers, and I found that little necklace that my daughter made. And on it had just these three little words, you and me. And God just said, everything you need, son, is just you and me. Do not be afraid of what you lack because God is on your side. God is able. God is the one who can make it happen. God can take the 20 loaves and feed an army. God can take five pieces of bread and two fish and feed thousands. God can take a widow who is going to leave her sons and make oil flow and continue to flow until she was able to have enough to sell it, to make a profit, to pay her debt, and to save her son and to retire. God is able. So do not be afraid of what you lack. That's why Luke, John, or Luke 22 tells us, Jesus says, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Remember, Jesus sent his servants. He says, don't take anything. Don't take nothing with you. Don't take no credit cards. Don't take no spare tire. Don't even take a bus. Just go. And, 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 and you'll be okay. And so, did you imagine this, the conversation of the 72 people as they're walking down? What, what are we doing, man? We're supposed to be traveling. We got no food. We got no money. We got no extra sandals. I mean, these things, you know, I bought, you know, these things don't last that long. What is, what is Jesus doing? Oh, no. And so they sit there, and they have a wonderful time. They're casting out demons, healing the sick. It was great. They come back. Woo! And then later on, just before his death, Jesus is there, and he says, remember when I told you not to take anything? What did you lack? And I could just imagine the disciples. Nothing. Because in their minds... They weren't prepared. In their minds, they didn't have enough. In their minds, they weren't being good stewards of the job at hand. But Jesus knew that everything was going to be provided. And so when he asked you, what did you lack? Nothing. What is this trying to tell us? That we can trust the word of God. We can trust. Because you remember what Elisha said? Elisha says, for the Lord says they will eat and have leftover. You need to trust what God says. And you know what God said? He's able. God says that I will provide. God says that if you just obey me, I will do what I promised. There's never been a time where God has ever failed us. Never been a time where God has ever failed us. And I will even argue this, that you may say, well, yeah, there's one time I was praying and, and it didn't come to pass. Did you wait? Did you wait long enough? Because a lot of people quit too early. A lot of people quit too early, but you have to wait because God will never fail you. He will never fail you. And he says that he is on your side and you will lack nothing. Do not be afraid. So the first thing I challenge you with is do not be afraid of what you lack. God is on your side. Later in the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, the king of Aram was at war with Israel and he kept going out and 
kept trying to capture, kept trying to defeat Israel, and so he came up with all these plans. And he says, hey, Israel's going this way. Let's go and set up an ambush, and we'll capture them. But then Israel found out about it, and they would go the other way. And again, he would set up plans and capture, and he would organize, you know, he's on his little media. Hey, everyone, you know, let's gather at, you know, this place, because Israel's going to be there. And then all of a sudden, Israel goes the opposite way, and it kept happening over and over again. The problem was that God kept telling Elisha where they were going to set up their traps, and so they left. They would always avoid it. And so the king learns that it's Elisha who's hearing from God the very secrets of the army, of their enemy. And so finally the king wants to capture Elisha. And this is what it says in verse 13. Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. And then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do not be afraid. And I'm telling you, do not be afraid of what you see. Do not be afraid of what you lack. And do not be afraid of what you see. The problem is, is that when we see with our eyes, we believe it. When we see with our eyes, we believe it. I was following, we were working out. I used to work out, if you couldn't tell. But we were working out and, and we were lifting weights and I was following my friend Tim. And you know, Tim, you know, he's, he's a tall guy, he's, he's fit, he's all muscle. You know, he walks with authority. And I was following him, and we were doing some bicep curls. And uh, he says, hey, Pete. I said, yeah. He says, you think you can do 10? I did 10. I said, what did you do it at? He said, 180. I said, oh, man. I get there, and I put 180 pounds, and I'm, I got three. And I'm like, Tim, man, you're a beast, man. You are strong. He goes, actually, I did it at 120. I just wanted to see you do it. <laughs> But I saw, when he said that, I saw it was at 180. What did he do? He slipped it. He slipped it down. Because I saw it. I believed it. And sometimes when we see things, we believe it. The servant goes to the door and he sees the horses and the chariots and the army and the vast army that is out to destroy them surround their house. But the prophet said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because Elisha didn't have to see in order to know. And I think that's the hardest thing for us as Christians is to see and to put that aside and to trust what we know. What do we know? I know this, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who could be against us? You could sit there and just take this verse and meditate on it and chew on it and think about it. And I'm telling you, your faith will begin to excel because there is absolutely no one that can oppose God. There is absolutely nothing and no one that could ever stop what God wants to do. If God wants to do it, it's going to be done. 
And yet we live as Christians, sometimes we think we're so, we're so overwhelmed with what we see on TV and what we see in our bank account, what we see on the doctor's report. We're so overwhelmed by what we see. But Elisha didn't have to see in order to know what he knew, and that is that God is for us. And he says, boy, you're looking at all these things. What you need to see is what I know, that there is more with us than with them. And if you go out and see again, you're going to see it. And he goes out, and God opened his eyes, and he saw the horses and the chariots of the armies of God. The holy host of heaven was there at their door ready to fight. But he didn't see it at first. And when we face situations and we see things that scare us and make fear creep into our heart, we must stop looking and start repeating and start believing and start saying what we know. And what do we know? That the Lord will fight for us. You need only be still, according to Exodus 14. The Lord will fight for you. I love that. I love that because, you know, sometimes we want to fight. We want to take it in our hands. We want to solve our health, our financial, our relationships. We want to do these things. And yet the Lord says, I'll do it for you. And what did he do? He blinded all of these people. And Elisha says, hey, you're not, you know, he did his old Jedi trick. The one you are looking for is not here. And he takes them out. And he leads them to a different town. And they're like, should we slaughter them? No, 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 no. Feed them. Send them on their way. But see, we get so caught up in what we see. We don't realize that God wants to fight for us. We try to, to jump in there with our own hands and with our own resources, with our own abilities, our skills, our talents, and we end up making things worse. God just wants to fight for us. God is for you, not against you. God is for you. He is for you. Do you know what that means? The one who has the ability to speak heaven and earth into existence is for you. The one who has the ability to part the Red Sea is for you. The one who can make oil flow and make bread feed and make axe heads float and make all these things happen is for you. Do you think anyone can stand against you? That's why I love Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Sometimes you just have to tell yourself the truth. That you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are the one that I run to when I see things that make me afraid. You are the one that I hide in. You are the one that I seek when I am afraid, God. You are my refuge. When we are here and we're praying, or when I'm here praying by myself, Sometimes I just have to tell God what he told me. That you are for me and not against me. That no matter what I see, no matter what I see, I know that you will move heaven for me. Because I'll let you into a little secret. Don't tell nobody. But God loves us. I want you to know this. God loves us. He doesn't just, he's not just fond of us. He's not just a social kindness, but he truly loves us. He truly loves us. As a father, I had the joy of cooking for my family. My son Pete 
because I made a whole bunch of meals for him, you know, just making everything from scratch. It was just fun. Pete said just the other day, he says, Dad, you got to promise me, tomorrow you don't cook. I said, that's so good, son. Thank you. I appreciate that, because he's looking out for his dad. And I, he goes, well, what are we having tomorrow? I said, oh, well, I was going to pan fry some steaks on the stove, you know, the, the grill and a little rosemary and garlic. And I go, oh, okay, you can cook. Because he knows that no matter what his dad is going through, he loves him. And that was our, you know, family celebration, our birthday meals for my daughters and my wife, my daughter and wife. But the thing is, is that it is, it is a joy for me to do that. Why? Because I love my family. You know what also hurts me? Is when I see them sad. As a dad, it, it hurts. And I wish I could just take their pain away. I wish I could just tell them, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It hurts as a father. Why? Because I truly care. I truly care. And if I can feel that as a father on earth who lives in a fallen world with an imperfect understanding of what love really is, how much more a God who tells us that he is for us and not against us. A God who tells us, my love for you will never fail. It will never end. God loves you. And because he loves you, he has surrounded you. He is protecting you. He is guarding you. And if you just come into his presence, you will find and discover how much he loves you. You know how much he loves you? He loves you this much. Because at the end of Psalm 91, it says this, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name because he loves me. Because you love me, I will come to your defense and whatever you lack, whatever you need, whatever you want, I'll be there for you. Why? Because I love you and you love me and I will always be there. That's why he tells us don't be afraid of what you see. Don't be afraid because you have to know that I will surround you with the host of heaven. I will be there. We do not have to be afraid by what we lack. We do not have to be afraid by what we see. And finally, we don't have to be afraid of what we face. We don't have to be afraid of what we face. Later on, this same king decides to take out Israel and he puts a siege on the city. And he surrounds the city and he cuts off all their water, cuts off all their food. And they're basically the army, their enemy is outside. And they're just waiting till everyone either starves, surrenders or starves to death. But either way, they're going to take the city. It's a very slow and grotesque and painful way of conquering your enemy. But that's what they were doing. And these people were starving. This is how, this is how desperate it was. In 2 Kings 6, verse 26, as the king of Israel was passing by the wall, a woman cried out to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? For the threshing floor from the wine press? And then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, The woman said to me, Give, this woman said to me, Give me your son so that we may eat him today. And tomorrow I'll eat my son. These people were starving. 
These people were desperate. These people were going to the point where they were just trying to survive. And it got so bad that these mothers made an agreement. We'll eat your son today and we'll eat your son tomorrow. It's a pretty, pretty terrible situation. And so we cooked my son and ate him. And the next day I said to her, give up your son, but she hit him. And when the king heard this, he was furious at Elisha. He was so mad that he wanted Elisha dead. This great prophet, this one who had all of the ability to make these miracles happen. And yet they are under siege and he is mad at Elisha. Why? Because this is why. Elisha told the king, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. How many times do we are, in situ or we are in situations and all we have to do is wait for Him, but we see and we start to look at the things around us in the moments that we are in and we forget that God is still working on our behalf. Wait for Him, King. Wait for Him. The Lord is going to save you. And that's why the King, when he, he says, hey, where are you going to get salvation from? From me? From the Lord? Where is He? Because God was not doing anything according to the King. But Elisha said this, it, he said, wait for the Lord. And so finally the king had enough. It got to the point where they were starting to resort to cannibalism. He said, enough. I'm, gonna, I'm done with Elisha. And so this is what it says in verse 33. The king says, this disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? The king finally had enough. And he says, why should I wait for the Lord? But Elisha replied, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. About this time tomorrow, flour will be cheap. Barley will be cheaper at the gates of Samaria. By this time tomorrow. At this moment, the moment that they were in was so desperate. Salvation wasn't coming. It was hopeless. It was to the point where the king finally said, enough. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Give me the head of Elijah. Uh, Elisha, I'm done with him. I'm done with the Lord. I can't wait any longer. Our people are dying. And Elisha had the nerve to say about this time tomorrow. And what happened? God comes in into the army of the enemy's camp. And what did they hear? They heard the sound of horses and chariots like this great army. And they all freaked out. And they took off. They abandoned everything. It was all done. It was gone. People were just abandoned the camp. And these four leopards, these four leopards that were dying said, listen, let's go surrender to the enemy. Because either they'll kill us or they'll feed us. But either way, we're dying. And so they go off to this enemy, the enemy's camp and they realize it is vacant. It is nothing. Man, they're just eating shake and bake pork chops. I mean, they're eating all the good stuff, right? And they're just eating and they're just eating and eating. And then they're like, wait a minute, this is wrong. And they go and tell the king. And it got to the point where they just busted open the doors and they were able to eat. And what does the Bible say? It was, it happened as the man of God has said to the king about this time tomorrow chapter 7 verse 18 it happened at the time that the prophet said i want you to know that you do not have to be afraid of the moments that you face because your god is able to turn in a moment no matter how dire no matter how desperate no matter how impossible it seems god can take your story and change it in a moment why once again let me into a little secret again he's god 
He doesn't need our resources. He doesn't need our story line to go the way someone says it's going to go. This is why I love God and I love his word so much. It's because everything in the world tells me I can't. Everything in the world tells me it's impossible. Everything in the world tells me if you want to make it, you got to do it by our rules. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that if you want to make it, do it by his way. And that he doesn't need their rules, their regulations, their situations, their circumstances, their finances, their resources, their medicine. You don't, you don't need that stuff. Just trust me. This morning, I want you to know that God is your refuge and strength. And he promises, according to Psalm 46, that he is ever-present in time of trouble. That he is always there. You may not see him. You may be going through moments right now and you don't understand what in the world is going on. But I'm telling you, your God is moving on your behalf. Your God is doing things. And it may be at this time tomorrow. Or it may be the next day or the next day. But I'll tell you, God will always be there. He promised that he is ever-present in times of trouble. Psalm 9:10, one of my favorite verses, says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. I'm telling you, just seek God. Just seek him. Trust him. Because the Bible says he'll never forsake you. A couple weeks ago, I was so afraid. I remember thinking, man, how am I going to get out of this situation? How is it going to happen? What is it going to go on? God, I just need you. And I was so afraid a couple weeks ago. And God just kept telling me, look at your journal. And I said, God, I just, I ain't got time for that right now. I just need help. God, I need you. He says, Pete, look at your journal. And so I go into my office and I open up my journal. And on that day, he said, years ago, he says, you will never fail because I will never fail you. You will never fail because I will never fail you. I'm telling you, God is for you. You have to trust him. You have to believe him no matter what moment you're in. No matter what you see with your eyes, no matter what you lack with your resources, God is for you. And you will never fail because he loves you. And he will never fail you. Even if I go to the grave and no one ever remembers my name and I don't have a penny to my soul, I know this, that every step of the way, I've been with him and he's been with me. And that is why God is so good. Because whatever you lack, whatever you see, whatever you need, he's there for you. He loves you. I want to pray for you this morning. If you just bow your heads this morning, just a time between you and the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been afraid because of the things that you lack. You've been afraid because of the things that you see. Or you've been afraid because of things that you are going through at this moment. I want to pray for you this morning. You say, Pastor, one of those three apply to me or maybe more than that. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. Amen. Amen. You can put it down. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that today we could celebrate your name. A name that will never fail us. 
a name that is for us and not against us, a name that is above all names, of all authority. And we pray in the name of Jesus, God, for those that have fear in their heart right now, God, because of the things that they lack or the things that they see or the things that they're going through. God, I pray that they would not be afraid, but they would run to you. They would seek you. And because they love you, God, you will be ever-present in their situation. You will help them, Lord, through whatever it is, God. You will rescue them according to your word. I pray, God, that you would be God to them, that you would be almighty to them. You would be the most high to them. And God, no matter how desperate the situation is about this time tomorrow, God, turn it, God, in Jesus' name. God, no matter what they see, open their eyes so they can see the truth that you have the whole host of heaven fighting for them. God, no matter what they lack, God, that you would help them understand that, that you can take small things and make it great even to have leftovers. So, Father, help your people. Help me, God, not to be a person of a, who's afraid, but to always trust you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.